Well, I don't know about you, but I find the beginning of the year um, an interesting time. Lots of things get written and published in the media about New Year's resolutions and people feeling like they need to commit to this, that or the other. And some people go off with a bang into the new year and they lose their way really quickly. Well, this message isn't about New Year's resolutions. It's just a bit of a, a few thoughts I had about um, the definition of insanity. Which is doing the same thing the same way and expecting a different result. And I don't know about you, there's parts of 2023 that I'd go, I could live those days again, that, they were awesome. There were parts of 2023 that were just really superb, uh, exciting, life-giving, joy-filled. And there are other parts of 2023 that's like, yeah, I could take them or leave them. And it's like, yeah, maybe preferably leave them. Um, and then everything in between. So... My question to myself was, is there anything wrong with longing for or hoping for more of the good and less of the not so good? And I guess the brutal reality is that um, good and bad times are going to come across our threshold this year. Um, and the point of this message really is to encourage you to get ready for God to be with you. Get ready for God to walk with you through thick and thin. Get ready for God hand of favour and blessing to rest on you. You go, wow, oh, that was just so, I didn't see that coming. That was such a blessing. And get ready for God's hand of comfort to be on when you say, I didn't think that was going to happen this year. And I really am hurting or broken or lost or upset. Um, whatever it is, it's really important to remind ourselves, and I hope this message is part of that mechanism to start you off the year with the right sense of, I've got a God who does walk with me. Jason said it really well to start with. It's like God's willingness to be with us is all about his nature, not mine. My nature is broken. I'm a human being like you. And as Jason's also mentioned that, we make mistakes. I actually do lots of stupid things. And uh, I was just telling a couple of people before um, the service this morning. For example, during the week, the, the sprinkler irrigation system here needed to be fixed. And I'm down the front, under the oak tree at the front, fixing up this watering system and got it all sorted out, got it finished and thought it's just time to just test whether it works or not. So I just got, a, got a, 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 an isolating water valve and I had that was off and I thought I'd just turn it on. You know what Handorf's like this time of year? There's people everywhere. There's people walking up the street and down the street, going to Berenberg, and they park in our car park, and they're parked up Oric Road. And this lady walked past with her family, and uh, she, she happened to be standing about six feet from one of those pop-up sprinkler heads, and I turned the cock on, expecting the water valves would just mean it didn't do anything, and she got a shot of water up her behind. And she squealed like someone had whipped her. And I thought... And I went, oh, 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 sorry. <laughs> she, looked, she turned around gave me the look of death. Uh, but then she realised it was a hot day and she realised that she actually just it scared her more than anything and she cracked up laughing and she walked off cacking herself with laughter. It was like, <laughs> Just stupid things. I thought I was being smart and it would all be good, but sometimes things don't work out the way we expect them to. So my question to start this message was this. How, how do I plot a new course for my life? Is there anything I can do differently as an individual? Is there anything different that we can do as a church in 2024 
that will stop us from being insane. Uh, Stop us from wanting to have something different, but not being prepared to or thinking about doing anything differently than we did last year. Because it's complete nonsense to think that doing exactly the same thing, exactly the same way, is going to give rise to a different outcome. So church is a classic example. We come in and we do have quite a routine here on a Saturday morning. We sing three songs, two songs. We, we do prayer. We talk about giving. We another song. The kids involved in that. So there's a whole routine of time that we do. My question is, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having a structure around our life, whether that's in church or your morning routine to get out of bed, to bloot, shower, have breakfast. If you've got kids at school, getting all that paraphernalia organised, kids out the door in the car, World War III breaks out because someone can't find something and there's tears and there's yelling and there's screaming. It's, all, it's just, that's just life on, in, on the one hand. But is it possible... Is it even imperative that as a church, for example, we think, well, we, we want a church to be double the size it is. Might have you, I do. I want the church auditorium jam-packed every week. Is there something that we need to do different in order to do that? Because I'm thinking if we keep on doing the same old thing, the same old way, we're going to get the same outcome, which is like we're turning up on a Sunday morning. And that's really cool. That's imperative. But if we want to actually grow the church, maybe there's something new for you or me or us to do. And what would that be? The sky's the limit. So I've got three little steps that I thought popped into my head as I was preparing this message about plotting a new course for 2024. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and just read a few verses to you. I'm sorry I didn't give these to you guys down the back today. For we know that if the earthly tent in which we live is destroyed, that's the body that you've got, I've got, we have a building from God. Say, from God. From God. We have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Verse 2, meanwhile, we groan. Has anyone groaned this week? Yeah, come on, give me, give me a... Anyone had a groan? Like, ugh. Yeah, I've had a few of them. Probably more, more than a few, actually. Haven't I, Julie? <laughs> Groaning. That's probably why this message has got this word in it. Maybe, I don't know. Um, and here, here's the, the clunker in this verse two. Meanwhile, we've grown longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For whilst we are in this tent... We groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. So I love in this scripture the the use of the word longing. It's built on faith, hope and love. Like Paul's not just talking about an insignificant level of longing. But I would think what you long for determines a lot of your priorities. And so my question stands, what are you longing for in 2024? What is it that you're kind of really leaning into as maybe it's a hope at this point in time, but even if it's not hope, it's like you're longing for it to happen. What have I been longing for? My heavenly dwelling? Well, honestly, my answer is mostly earthly things. 
I don't know you, but I find my head space occupied by um, just practical things, paying the bills, keeping the front door of the church open, keeping the weeds down, fixing up things that break here and at home, keeping my garden looking like someone likes it. Um, and uh, even though I'm not a green thumb, I have to extend hours in the garden to make it look reasonable. But I'm not complaining. I do that. But so, so in a sense, I had to confront with the idea I, I'm not really spending hours a day longing for my heavenly dwelling. And I guess I'm asking myself and I'm asking you to think, should I? Like, we're in on earth at the moment, so there's lots of earthly things to attend to. So I don't think it's a case of either or, but it's like, am I longing for the right things in my life? Because nothing that we acquire in a material sense in this life really matters. I think uh, Solomon, in, in his wisdom, said, you know, you, you can work and accumulate all this wealth and... Yes, you don't, I mean, you can leave a will, but even that can be contested. You actually just leave the way you came, with nothing. And it get, does get passed on to other people, um, one way or another. It, it just does, it gets moved from the next one generation to the other, whether that's your family or the government confiscates it or you get ripped off by a business partner, who knows? It's like, it's like are you longing for things that are going to get taken? Or are you longing for things that are eternal? It's really the question. And um, I don't know, you. my experience is that uh, the earthly things that I long for are transitory and they can come and they certainly do go. Um, I don't know about your bank account, but my, my bank account's not static. It's got money in and money out. There's always a pool in the middle that's kind of got something in it, but tell you what, it's a fairly stirred up pot and uh, it's just it's fairly active. But it's not the only thing. It's like, my car's the same. It doesn't sit in the driveway and go nowhere. It's sort of got a, a fuel tank in it, whether it's a li liquid fuel these days or a battery. But you've got to put something in it in order to get something out of it. And so, again, its, it's usefulness is wrapped up in its function. And so do I find myself wondering, do I waste time longing for things that really don't matter? And can I just make an adjustment there? Maybe it's a, a ratio issue, 20% this, 80% that. Maybe it's 40 this, 60% that. What? Is there something you could adjust in your life this year to shift your priority in the sense of longing for things that, that do matter? Longing for a family member who's lost to find Jesus, for example, more than longing for a pay rise. Long, longing for a relationship that's been just damaged by some event or whatever longing for that to be healed longing for Jesus to do a miracle of restoration rather than longing for a holiday it's like and the longing for a holiday is not wrong don't hear me for one it's not a case of either or it's just a challenge to think do, do I need to just shift the mix a little in my life to have a more satisfying and life-giving 2024 than I had in 2023. And so I conclude this is my first point, um, adjust what I'm longing for. And I found myself throwing myself at God, saying the only solution to this issue is a prayer. Lord, help me to change what I long for. I need the Holy Spirit to just keep giving me a nudge. Hey, Bruce, give that thing a rest, would you, buddy? Just let that go, okay? So that's the first one. Closely connected to it is 
a little bit of insight into the way God deals with the past and the future. So we're in Isaiah chapter 43. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, so this is the prophet referring to the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. He drew out the chariots and the horses, the army and the reinforcements together, and there uh, they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. So Isaiah is unpacking the truth that God delivered miraculously the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt, heading towards the promised land. But get this, that's, so that's verse 17. The very next verse is a bit of a conundrum for us. Forget. Say it, forget. Or say it loud, forget. Forget. forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. God's into new things. You know, you're thinking, well, it's just another year, same old, same old, same old Pastor Bruce up the front prattling on, same songs, the same people at church, oh, the same breakfast for breakfast, cereal, whatever that might be, the same lunch routine, same bed routine, the same whatever routine, it's just the same old, same old. Well, I've got good news for you. God said, hang on a minute, forget the former things. Yeah. That's not to say they're not important, but my future is not living in them. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So I get to the point of my jacket up here. One of the big challenges of being an adult is the power of experience. So just imagine, it's only a few months ago, it was cold enough here I could have got my big winter jacket out it was cold enough here and experience told me that when it's cold you put on another layer of clothing right it's called experience and if it was even colder I'd go and get out a scarf and then a beanie and then some gloves because experience would tell me that getting cold's not really that comfortable say experience So it saves us, experience, a whole lot of pain and misery. Experience tells you that it doesn't pay to put your hand on a hot plate or to grab onto something that's been in the oven for an hour or two that's 190 degrees Celsius and and pull it out with bare hands like Emily did (laughs) not that long ago. Experience, right? Experience. You won't do it again, will you? So it does save us a whole lot of pain and misery, but it also comes at a very high price. We get pushback from probably even opening the oven. We live with a level of disempowering caution. We're never even trying to open a new door or step out in faith. So we end up leaving the jacket on and even though the temperature's warming up I'm letting my experience get a hold of me 
And so I wear my experience like clothes, layers and layers and layers of clothes, because once upon a time I was cold. But for whatever reason, I find myself being a little apprehensive about, well, the weather could change. Forecasting 30 degrees today, but what happens? It's only 15. I think I'll leave the jacket on. The next thing I'm finding, I'm starting to stink because I'm sweating on the inside. And I'm stinking on the outside because my attitude's starting to go south because I'm grumpy, because I'm not comfortable. But my experience is holding on to me. So God's instruction is, Bruce, let go of the former things. Get those layers off, buddy. Take off the experience. Don't let it clothe you. Forget the former things in the sense of wearing it, but don't throw them away. He's not saying, because the rest of the Bible is not consistent with a line of thinking, he's not saying, forget about that rescue from Egypt. It's just a story. Didn't really happen, or it's just an analogy. It's like, just, no, no, the Bible's very clear. It's part of the redemptive nature of God and the story of God's intervention in a, in a difficult situation for a nation of people caught to form a nation. And so he could, couldn't possibly... In, intend for Isaiah to communicate forget it all together no but it's forget I want God to do a miracle I come to church wanting a miracle because I've seen miracles before well what if there isn't going to be a miracle in your life are you going to still love God that's the challenge he's saying forget the former things see I'm doing a new thing but that doesn't mean you're on your own see I'm doing a new thing we're doing something different in fact, you could put that aside, Bruce, and just leave it there. You don't need it anymore. It's a bit like the day you give up throwing a pacifier into the creek when you're two years old. <laughs> and you cry all the way home. It was hard to give up because it was a habit. It helped me go to sleep at night. And I had to throw it away, give it to the frogs. <laughs> all my grandchildren, most of my grandkids could show you the bridge and all go, well, that happened because I've told them about it. Very traumatic. It was letting go. Let go of the former things. Now, just so you know, I didn't ever have another one. So just swinging this line of thinking into a different um, emphasis, just before we move on to the last point. So, Comment. Disappointed with something in 2023? Look for the new thing in 2024. Don't let the disappointment be something you wear. Your experience might have made you disappointed. God doesn't want to work through your disappointment. He wants to work with a new thing. Take that off. Leave it behind. Paul talks about Jesus in what I could see as a related issue in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. He's saying, Paul's saying, you've got to change the way you're viewing things. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. See, they regarded Jesus as a rabbi, a really smart dude. Some people got a bit of a revelation. In fact, Paul, uh, Peter was... Um, praised by Jesus for recognizing he was the Messiah but not everyone thought that in fact the people who killed him definitely did not believe that and so they were viewing him from a worldly point of view they wanted a 
conquering king to defeat the Roman occupiers of the land. Um, so, and Paul's saying, that's not the way to view Jesus. Maybe there's a little help for us. Maybe there's got to be a different view of what it is that you find challenging about the days ahead. Maybe it's possible to view it differently. Is that a, that's a, a very open-ended question. I, I don't want to say yes, there is. Though we, uh, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. There's the word new again. God wants us to embrace something new. So I had this question. What about Christ? Do we, do we view Christ from a worldly point of view? So what about Christ? Let's just substitute Jesus Christ in that sentence with the church. In 2024, the church is the body of Christ. Do we view church from a worldly point of view? Do you view church, our church, from a worldly point of view? It's just a group of people that get on really well. Yes, we have common faith. We love Jesus. We love singing. We love doing things together. We love hanging out together. That's one way of viewing it. Or is this the spiritual powerhouse of the Adelaide Hills? Is this the... None other than the house of God, the stairway to heaven. Is this where angels ascend and descend? Like, is it possible for me to shift my view from, I come to church on Sunday, I worship, I tithe, I hang out, I'm pastor, so I'm friendly most of the time, I speak to you, so hi, welcome to church, all that stuff. That's looking at church through the worldly view. It's about people and being people-focused and totally okay and part of the deal. But in order to get into 2024 with a bang with God, I've got to see this place as the door to heaven. I've got to believe that when you and I come together, the heaven is open. There are angels taking our prayers, which we prayed this morning, to heaven. And God sending angels back to earth with messages, miracles, breakthroughs. It's like, how do I stir up that sense as a pastor in our church this year, this is none other than the house of God. This is none other than the window, the gate, the doorway to heaven. It's not just a bunch of people. We could get that at the local Lions Club or the footy club. We could kick footballs around and be, woo! Whole lot of fun. Oh, I wouldn't call that fun, but um, I know John would. But, but it, and in that sense, we've got to have that sense of community. Amen. We just do. We want to have that great sense of camaraderie and friendship and love for one another but that's looking if that's all we do we're missing the point this place is the gateway to heaven this is where God drops miracles into our lives right oh I reckon it is so Lord this is my prayer at the end of this point help us to let go of the worldly points of view that are robbing us of our future. Worry, anxiety. Oh, I, I, I don't know whether Matt likes me. He looked at me. He didn't talk to me this morning. It's like, like, just get over that stuff. Matt, brother in Christ, yes. Are we expecting miracles together? You bet we are. Are we going to be able to pray about it? We ought to be able to. My view is God wants us to look up. Get excited. Yes? Yes? Some of us are going, yes. Some of us are thinking, yep, I just got to think about that some more. Nothing wrong with that. Third and final point. 
Remember, these are three steps. Did I put up four fingers in? (laughs) Just what I'm longing for. Let go of the past. Third point, set a life purpose or destination. Build around this, the message of reconciliation, which is actually in that 2 Corinthians 5. I'll keep reading just so I can bring you into this third point. All this is from God, this is verse 18, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us, say that's me, gave us, that's me, that's me, the ministry of reconciliation. Wow. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed us, sorry, committed to us, the message of reconciliation. Verse 20, therefore, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. (coughs) So as you launch into 2024, is there a fresh sense of knowing you're an ambassador? You're an ambassador for Christ. You're an ambassador for God with the message of reconciliation. The The message of reconciliation is exactly... In a nutshell, what Jason mentioned at the very beginning of the service. Reconciliation is helping someone to understand salvation is more about God's character than it is about your sin. Your sin's massive. His grace is more massive. His character and nature of loving you and me far outstrips our grubbiness. That's the message of reconciliation. It's not a reconciliation. Well, let's just add up your sins, Jesse. We just, oh man, man, that is a list. I'm not sure whether God can handle that one because that's a fairly big deficit, mate. God, what do you reckon? And God's going, Bruce, give it a break, mate. It's nothing. It's not nothing. But as far as what God's into, as in who God is, it's a pipsqueak. Your grubbiness can't grubby up God. Your unholiness can't unholify God, if there's such a word. That's the message. The message isn't about trying harder. The message isn't about being better. The message isn't about being a nicer person or a good or generous or kind or loving. Those things are all imperatives just to be a nice, decent human being. They're not, they're not like, oh, let's just dispatch that to the scrap heap. That's not the point. The issue of the message is God's bigger. God's love is all-encompassing. He wipes the slate clean when we receive Christ. And so... I'm just wondering whether you could have a fresh sense of confidence, dear Jesus, I pray that we do, of explaining that to people, not with churchy religious language, but just maybe having a crack at explaining just how awesome God is. God's love is amazing. It's it's non-ending. It's offered relentlessly. In fact, it's probably chasing you down when you didn't know it. In fact, just work out how to bring that into a conversation. What we focus on is what we will pursue. So set course this year. Destination, 
Ministry of Reconciliation. If you were to plan a trip to Sydney today, you'd, you'd get the map out or you'd work out, I'm going to the airport to fly there. But if you're not driving yourself there, you'd expect somebody, if you're going on a plane, for example, the pilot and the crew, they will have worked out the course to get you there. And if a storm blew up and something went haywire, they would do everything in their power still to try and get you to that destination. That's what Jesus is like when we set course. When we set course for ministry of reconciliation, he will do everything he can to keep you and me on track. Jesus said these words in Matthew 6, 21. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our treasure. What's our treasure for 2024? What's the longing? What's your treasure? What are you treasuring up in your heart? Connecting people to Jesus. How does that happen most effectively? Be in Christ. Find yourself in Jesus. You'll connect people with Jesus. So my final question is this. What can I do differently this year to achieve these three new things? Can I ask you to stand? Just to recap, at least today I've preached three points and I've given you three points. I think it was whenever that was a few weeks ago, I preached a five point and only gave you four. So today you get the full, full package, right? That's... Um, yeah, anyway. So number one, adjust what I'm longing, longing for. If you're taking notes today, if you're listening online, you can just listen up. Number two, let go of the past, the former things. And number three was set a life purpose or destination. Build around the message of re- reconciliation. Let me pray to close. Father God, we just thank you that we can stand here together anticipating 2024 because not much of it's transpired yet and so I pray Lord that each one of us would have a renewed sense of hope settle on us today there's no doubt Lord there'll be moments that are challenging to navigate in this year but Lord there will also be moments where we just are so um, awestruck with joy a sense of well-being, sense of goodness, sense of gratitude. I pray, Lord, that we can therefore step into this year with a greater sense of determination than we've ever had. And Lord, we would not let our experiences, the ones that are going to hold us back, from the new thing we would let those things go Lord I pray for wisdom to attach itself to discerning the things that are worth hanging on to in the extensive experience that will save our life but Lord there's many things that I've hung on to that I just don't need anymore and so I pray Lord for a letting go pray for my friends gathered here this morning maybe you just need to hear these words coming out of my mouth but you can make it your prayer personal moment with Jesus Lord I'm letting that thing go right here right now I lay it down and I'm not going to pick it up again 
and I am going to have a different 2024 than 2023. So by your spirit, Lord, guide us, embrace us, strengthen us, motivate, inspire us. And finally, Lord, we're grateful that we get to do this life together in this incredible part of the world called Australia. I pray your blessing over our nation. Lord, I pray as we have already today, pray for the people in leadership roles, civic leadership roles, Lord, politicians, bureaucrats, people who are political lobbyists and activists that are pushing and pulling to take this nation one way or another. Lord, in the midst of all of that, kerfuffle. I pray that we can hang on by faith to the incredible mercy and love of God afresh. So be with us through the thick and the thin in 2024. Lord, and we commit ourselves as a church, C3 Church, Adelaide Hills, in our three locations, to deliver the message of reconciliation like never before. And we find our churches growing and being filled with people who give their lives to Jesus this year. Help us, Lord, to see that come to pass. Not at the end of the year, but pretty much straight away, Lord, and into the rest of this year in Jesus' name. Amen.